Hello, we are the Paradise Podcast, here to have a chat about all things Celtic. I'm Kieran Tierney, and with me are Danny McLadrigan. How you doing? David Quinn. Hiya. Dan Shaw. Hello. And Sean Aiken. Hi. Season's began. First game off to a big win against Hamilton. Uh, Celtic Park without the fans. 5-1, Edouard getting the hat-trick. What do you boys think about that game then? I think Edward was disinterested. He had no interest in playing for Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Benny's right. He's, he has no interest. He's lazy. He's fucking lazy. So I, I think. say the crowd was electric. <laughs> well, it was fantastic. It was a really good showing from the fans for the first day. Yeah, Lee Griffiths' training top stretched out of the corner of the main stand. Anybody <laughs> <laughs> see that? That was really like. <laughs> I think Brennan did that one on purpose. No, nah, it was really good. I just, first game kicked off. I mean, I think everybody was excited before it, just hoping it lived up to the expectation and, and it didn't end some. Loads and loads of positives, which I'm sure we'll get around to, but um, overall, Delighted, delighted with the start. Buzzing, absolutely buzzing. Like I just thought, like that's how you want to open a season, and there's just, like it's just expectations over the joint because just of what this is going to mean if we do it. Everybody's talking about it, like you know, BBC Sport, every kind of major outlet are mentioning it. The now, and no doubt that will just happen throughout the season. But that's how you want to start it. Doesn't matter who you've got. Like if we'd had uh, Hibs, if we'd had Aberdeen, or anybody else. Worth mentioning, you do want to pump them five one. Um, that that's just how you want to do it, and it was good. It was great. It was just a, it was such a positive game that there just seemed to be a, a steady head on everyone's shoulders, and I didn't think Andy looked like they were first game jittery at all, and it, it was great. I, I was just so buzzing to see them all happy. Uh, it was really professional, I think, for the entire team. Uh, obviously, Bain got the starting position as as goalkeeper. Ed, have we got? We think there's any chance of, of him staying there? Do you think he's going to be out of the team by next week? He wasn't. What Barkas does? He was well, that Barkas wasn't in because he's not had a chance to see him play yet in training. So you can't even know put Bain in that first game. There's a few occasions in the game that I've got to admit where I, I question what Bain was doing. Like when the ball came in in the first half and he punched it away rather than just grabbing it. Uh, You're like, on. why are you punching that away for a corner when you could, if you can punch it, you can be catching that. Like, weird wee things he was doing. I was like, come on. Just... It was maybe within about five feet at the time, so yeah. I'm, I'm you on that one. There was really a... He was going the other way for the goal when it kind of deflected. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like, Bain's not looked worldly since he's played even in the pre-season but who knows how good this Barkas really is when when he comes and plays with a team in Scotland. So I think it's still right now it's 50-50 for me in terms of the two of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, Bain covered himself in glory at the goal. Um, when I watched the back, I saw it took a wee touch on the way through, so I was maybe a bit harsh at the goal, but uh, he wasn't the one person that I thought was probably happy at the end of the game in terms of his own individual performance. Pretty much everybody else got pass marks for me. I think it's a wee bit harsh at the goal. I think I don't think there was many goalkeepers. Maybe Fraser, Forster alone would have <laughs> managed to get a leg out and keep that one out, but... <laughs> Uh, it was two different deflections that it went through. It was probably actually an own goal. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to give uh, give Bain a pass on that one, I think. Who got the final touch? Was it Julian? Because he should have scored four at the other end. So. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> he was the guy that scored the OG. That's perfect. Yeah, I think after that, he was desperate to actually get a goal himself to try and make up for it. But... Um, Aye. Aye, he, he probably should have got a goal or two, and he could have got a hat trick as well. But can we can we talk about the technique of plucking the ball out the sky at the corner, just from watching it all the way? He did it but, twice. Aye, I, he I just kind of volleyed it. I think he's worked on that. You did it twice in a match. It's no, he's not just chanced it. Like I think he's maybe been working on that, realizing like maybe folk don't think they're going to get the ball off me, so maybe I could try and volley it if it comes low enough. But to be fair, see for both those attempts, the volleys anyway. I, I feel like you know you have to give your kind of duty Hamilton there. They did everything they needed to get in front of those kind of things. So I, I don't know if it's so much like he he should have scored those. He had a great hit. It just didn't go in. So I, I'd like to see maybe that for him. Well, he wasn't well, if Julian could start hitting balls like that on a regular basis. He checked in seven last season. There was five in the league and then obviously League Cup final against Rangers and he scored against Lazio as well. 
Um, so he chipped in seven last year. <laughs> it's not bad for a centre half, but considering he sprays the ball about so much, uh, I he's obviously a really good football player. Brilliant technique. This is becoming a familiar sight already. A Celtic corner taken by Ryan Christie. Chilean off the outside of the post for the big man who weighed in with seven goals last season. Well, away from somebody that missed a bunch of probable sitters in that game to somebody that seemed to put away every single chance that he got, Edouard with his hat-trick, every one of those goals was just great team play. The first one, when it went from Bain through half the Celtic team, um, then the ball that was played in by, by Taylor, and it was just, well, there was no chance that he was missing it. Couldn't miss it. He left it for Taylor. And look who's there to pop up and score. It didn't take him long. Now James Forrest is away. And it's an early cross for Edouard. And you know what happens next. Watson Edouard has an opening day hat-trick. Yeah, like I think um, it's like the, the speed of like counter-attack especially was like so impressive. Like Forrest was actually like a bit of a standout player for me. Like he just seemed to be in about it and really happy and moving along. No, it was kind of like working the left and the right, like from Pong and stuff as well. So I think it's like pretty, it's pretty outstanding, really. Like a, I didn't get to watch the full game. The, the the speed was actually like, I was actually scared at some points. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, what is fucking movement going on? Like, what is this? Like, I think obviously they're top team right now. And, and uh, yeah, it looks like uh, and that, if they can keep up that speed and that kind of pace of counterattack. There's some element bit, bits that were scary. There's obviously the bit that led up to that goal and stuff. And I think Hamilton got how many corners did they get? They get quite a few. Yeah, they got seven or eight during the game. Yeah, so there's definitely like maybe a bit of a defensive weakness there, maybe because we're playing too much of a high press. But at the same time, it was like, okay, one deflected, well, one own goal uh, for five for us is like a trade that I'm willing <laughs> to take anytime. So. Well, there was Forrest talking about him as a was a weird player in that game. I think the first half he wasn't really he wasn't not good, but I mean like he wasn't as memorable probably as Taylor and Frimpong were in the first half. But I think in the second half he definitely came into his own more. But there was points in the game you were watching him and he was like playing like left wing back at times or like left wing or right wing or midfield and he was all oh, out of the place. Like he seemed to just have he seemed to just have freedom to go wherever he seemed to want on the pitch almost at points because Frimpong was almost doing his job on the right. Yeah. Yeah. Playing that far forward. Do you think that that relax you get it when you're you know it's two one and then you go three one and then players just get a bit more freedom? Because like, I've I've seen that for Celtic a number of times where um, perhaps under other managers we've uh, talked about it a bunch of times together where the, the foot comes off the gas, but instead of this time it's actually maybe instead of the foot coming off the gas it's like oh well, we'll just play a bit more relaxed style and that's where you get those times to innovate like. Forrest, big chance when he kind of cut in off the left. In a second, I was like, well, what's he doing over there? But he's got a chance to get on his, his, like, his right foot and he had a great attempt. I think it was like, it's almost weird because we were hoping to play the two forwards again this season or we were expecting maybe to come out playing the two forwards this season. Right. Obviously, the big pie man kind of like fucking scuppered that. <laughs> <game>. <laughs> <laughs> fucking the pie man of Lomlithgow. Any fucking scranning Tonic's tea cakes, fucking 20 a barrel, man. I understand that. This <laughs> is the same I've, struggle. I've been doing that all for daily long. 20. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say, Sean. I mean, like, I think we'll all agree probably some of the best football we played last year was when we switched to 3 5 2. And you sort of negate your wingers a lot of the time. And people were saying that we, we were struggling to get Ellie Nussi in the team. Um, when we played at the weekend, you want to see your fullbacks overlapping. And the amount of times that Frimpong and Taylor got doing both sides and Forrest or Elianusi were waiting on the edge of the box for a cutback. Yeah, you've almost got like, yeah. with these two playing so far forward and so good at, you know, running up the wing and they've fucked the Taylor, man. He's came in, like, he's came in the second half of, since the end of the season and he seems to be better at putting balls into the box again. Uh, I think he certainly answered a few questions in that it, regard. To me, that was his weakness. Like, he was a better uh, defender than Bowley, but he was not as good going forward. But you've got Taylor and Frimpong going up either wings. You've almost allowed Elanusi and Forrest to play as kind of false nines, just basically sitting on the edge of the box, sitting yeah. at the top, just basically moving free rain to go wherever they want. They were both doing it. You've got Edward's target man and you've got Christie kind of almost the three of them just kind of standing outside the box just waiting to kind of take a ball in take a run, you know. 
Gives you so many more options. You're not playing with that classic two wingers because of the, how good the fullbacks are. And that, that's why I think it was so exciting, despite it being against Alan. Like, sorry, Danny, I'll, I'll let you go after this. No, I no, just, no, go ahead. Part of the excitement is that as you watch the game unfold, you watch players and kind of, you maybe used to call it a stray position, but they're just sitting somewhere else and making something happen. And you're just like, oh, he's about to take a shot or he's just played a belt of a ball there. And it's strange because I, you know, you don't want to disrespect talent, and but you're you're wondering if if they can do that against every other team in this league. That's that's going to be exciting. It's going to make for a well exciting season. It's going to make for some very interesting football. I don't know if it's just because you had so many players willing to bomb forward. It's one of the few games that you watch and you're like, never seen them playing the back pass. You never seen them going back to the keeper a lot anymore mm. to kind of find a, a space or you know slow well, down play. Brendan Rodgers tactics. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. always get the ball forward and just go for it, which was just really good to see. That'll be the that'll be the last time you use his Sunday name on this podcast, Kieran. <laughs> the last time. Um, no, I mean, I, I thought Hamilton for the first twenty minutes were good value. I mean, uh, we had eighty-one percent possession in the full game, uh, so dominant, like twenty-five shots, fifteen of them hit the target. Um, how many of them came for cutbacks from Taylor and Frimpong? on both sides, just bombing down. I mean, I don't know where Frimpong gets his energy. Having him and Christy on the park at the same time is just unbelievable because you know you can get a solid 90 minutes with them and they're just going to be 100% all the time chasing everything. It's We were so, so very dominant, but I thought um, Hamilton for the first 20 minutes, considering they only had 19% of the ball, there was a couple of chances definitely and they obviously managed to get back in it in 2-1. I think that'll be much the level we'll be looking at this year and if we continue like that, we're going to sweep everybody away. I think keeping keeping Edward because if it's if Edward's indicative performance is indicative of the rest of the season, that is teams are going to look good, but the minute he can, he'll just change the game and just he he alone kind of he's just to finish. He's took the wind right out their sails. They could have maybe came back, got another goal. If yeah, Eddie just was he's yeah. that that type of player that just ah, we can't we can't compete with this guy. Imagine if he could be asked, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Just just on that and like what everybody seems to be getting to is how how much Edouard was just a pivot for the entire team in that game. So like, you know, he, he was in the box, he dropped deep a little bit, but then you had all these players that were moving around about him being in that kind of central position. I think it's quite interesting, but we all spotted how both Forrest and Elinousi were like the amount of movement that they had, especially Forrest, like, you know, the, both wings, like Sean was saying, and uh, popping up absolutely everywhere. Last season, I think when we typically played with just one striker, it was usually Christie that you saw that was kind of popping up all over the place. And in this game, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I kind of half imagined it, but it seemed to me that the three central midfielders were actually, they had their zones. So you had Brown sitting a little bit behind Christie on to, slightly to the right of him and um, McGregor to the left, who were, who were a bit further forward. And then because they were kind of completely controlling those sort of zones, it meant that both Forrest and Elinousi could actually go anywhere they wanted because obviously they were backed up by, by Taylor and Frimpong. And I'd... I think we played a bit like that when we had the two strikers uh, last season with the the three central midfielders. But when we only had the one striker, I never saw that kind of system in place in the midfield. It was usually Brown and McGregor with Christie in front of them. But it, they were kind of slightly shifted in this game. I don't know if you kind of saw that. It's just Lenny Ball, man. Do what you want. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very much the Martin O'Neill approach that you're all very good football players now go out there and win that game <laughs> um, but no I, I totally get what you're saying with it the, the midfield are so interchangeable and one of the things I wanted to bring up I don't know if you's obviously it's the first game with a, five substitutes um, I don't know how much you think that'll impact on the season I think it very very much plays into our hands with the strength of the the squad um, we made four substitutions at the weekend and I mean let, let me give you them I mean Eli Nusi for Incham Edward for Kalmala Christy for Dembele Karamoko um, and Frimpong for El Hamed um, now that's four changes we're ringing in I don't think it significantly weakens the team too much in any area 
and everybody that's coming in will probably go on to Clamalla later on, but everybody that's coming in is chomping at the bit. Can't wait to like, get a chance. I did Dan. I was like, when the Enchan was coming on, I was like, can't even put like a £10 million player on the bench there. Like literally, this is the kind of position we're in where we're bringing on a £10 million player for the bench. I was like, this is we're playing a team that scours free agents in lower leagues, like non-league players. And this is like what the rest of the SPL is going to be like, SPL is going to be like. When we were bringing on 10, 7, 5, £15 million players potentially off the bench as half a team being refreshed in any game. It's going to be massive. It's going to be fucking massive in this year. I mean, it's again... It's for what we need to do this year because I, I think so. I, I think what's going to happen uh, what, what symptomatic airs versus Hamilton mm. is going to be the, the kind of reverse of that is going to happen in Europe where if we play a team oh, who, who are, have a, a stacked bench it's going to be us that suffer but that's not the goal this year is it? It's, it's the domestic title and is everyone else in agreement that you can hang every cup if we win the title? Like, I, I just think it's it's that important that as long as they didn't win any, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll I'll be honest. I'd I'd forgo the cups this year, which is mental considering the stranglehold we've had them on them for the last few years. Yeah. Um. But I just uh, I'd like to see a good show in Europe. I hope we get the Champions League just for the money because financially we've probably taken quite a hit recently. But I Europe and everything else a bonus. It's all about the league this year. Yeah, definitely. I, I just think us having five subs in this league, like Sean says, it's like being able to sub an entire half their team right back on the park it's not about the first choice players basically as aye, well I mean like aye. let's look at it El Hamid really if Frimpong wasn't as good going forward right now if you want to put someone in like a three at the back or like aye. you know look at the three at the back again you can't go any wrong with putting El Hamid in that back three with Julian and Ayer I mean we don't I know it's kind of a risk because he's almost like a third choice centre back right now but I mean playing the three of them together could be, would be solid like solid as well like Imagine thinking about the, the forwards are going against. Yeah. I don't think. Imagine so, one each at home. How many times have we watched Nervy one each? We had one against Hamilton last year, when Scott Brown scored yeah, the last yeah. kick of the ball. And Rangers dropped points that night as well. That was huge. But imagine one each, Hamilton at home. And then off the bench, you just bring on Encham, Klamala and Rogic if it's not working. Three guys that never started the game on Sunday <laughs> you just bring them on and go right one he's going to get me a goal you've got 10 minutes <laughs> like you well, can you can do that that's brilliant because let's look at the example at the weekend Patrick Lamala knows he missed out a lot last summer came out and said no look I, I wasn't actually that healthy I understand why I was left at the team a lot to prove yeah he came in after finishing the entire season and met himself he wasn't fit enough for the style of football on social media this team needs he was saying he was doing it the pre-season. He went away for those pre-season games, looked really good in that French Cup. And then he comes on and within five, five minutes, minutes scores a really, really good goal. Tasty. A really good goal. And I think it's... Under like pressure a, as well. Yeah, he's under pressure to make the finish to, to say to Celtic fans, I can be your striker. Like, here's five minutes of pressure. And he's, that's, he's exactly what you've described, Danny. He's went and done that. You're forgetting as he's well. Got we've five minutes on, to score a goal. We're bringing on the likes of Karamoko in that as well now, who could be yeah. all this season, depending on how he develops. You've still got Mickey Johnson potentially come back at some point in this season once he's fit uh, as well. How far down the pecking order is Mickey Johnson? And even just at the tail end of last season, he was pulling out performances. Like, as we say, like Henderson and stuff like that to come through potentially this year. I mean, Owen Coyle as well, like Connor, Connolly, like all these players potentially are going to still try to be breaking through and it's like, you're looking going, well, you're going to have to do an absolute worldie whenever you get a chance here to get into this team. I think so. Where's, where's Griffiths in the pecking order just now then? So, looks like Clamalla is the second choice striker. It's his to, to lose kind of thing, but I guess he'll have to, any chance that he gets, he has to come on and perform, doesn't he? Not necessarily has to score off the bench every time, but has to show that he's capable every time because Griffiths is going to be chomping at the bit now, isn't he? Aye, well, I actually think think both him and Griff have to score off the bench because Mm -hmm. I think they both look at that position as best-case scenario, he's going to be here another year and then that job's mine. And it's going to be whatever one of them's the best. The two of them is going to get you know that job unless Bio goes on loan, has a belter of a season, and comes back. Even then, so I think I think they do have to score off the bench a lot. For so at the time of recording, it looks like Bio might be in talks with Saint Mirren 
is the latest that I heard on that one and that he might be going on loan for a half a season or a season. I've I've heard the St Mirren thing, um, which I'd quite like to keep, Bio, because I think there's probably there's some in there. Um, if it wasn't for Craig Levine last season, he would have racked up a couple of goals, but uh, Levine was pure choking for them to be OGs. <laughs> but uh, remember that that was insane yeah. um, it's like the manager has ever tried to claim an OG and he's like, oh. <laughs> no it was my player that put it in right okay. he scored the goal <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know I, I think there's something there where I'm, I'd like to see him go to St Myrna alone for a season I think watching him closely in the SPL much like we've done with Ayer at Kilmarnock um, is a good idea but uh, I also was reading earlier on somebody was saying Toulouse or uh, come in um, League 2 in France and are willing to give us basically what we paid for him so I don't know if if Lennon's no convinced if he's willing he's going to get his money back cut his losses especially when we're trying to stack up that might happen as well I'd, I'd rather see him go on loan if it was my choice Aye. I think there could be a player there and if there is I'd rather we had that opportunity to see it just like you said rather than See if he goes on to Toulouse and he just starts fucking banging them and you're going to be like... Mm-hmm. A Timo Puke. Aye. aye. <laughs> you're just going to be... What was the other one? Joe Hingy Berget. Oh, aye. aye. Comes back and scores against us. Fuck off. Daryl Murphy as well. Daryl Murphy couldn't kick his own arse for us and he went down to the championship and he was like golden boot winner. He scored like 35 goals or something. <laughs> uh, and they say, they say we wouldn't compete in the championship. He never had a sniff up here. Um, but just actually when we're talking about strikers I don't know what you boys think um, we're obviously heavily linked with Ivan Tony. Um I've got my own thoughts but anybody else? I, I like the look of him I think he's the type of player that could come into Celtic and do, and do quite well um, I think he would be probably still a bit raw in terms of he, he, He's obviously not as good as Edouard from the bits that I've, I've saw of him. And right now, I don't think he's as good as Clamal either. But where does he fit into the team? Unless we're going to lose Griffiths. I, I just don't see that he has a place in the team right now. I don't know, man. I think this season's just going to be so chock-a-block with fixtures. We, we're going to need... Almost two teams. I think a team that you could you're going to have a team that is the tough games, and you're going to have a team for like the smaller end cup games and maybe bottom three or four on the table. But what I've seen, it's going to be pretty chocker. And I know that we've got players that can handle it, like the likes of Cal McGregor and and Forrest and you know the, the people that have been there for a few years and play a shit ton of games, but no winter break, and they're going to have cup fixtures almost immediately. I, I don't think having Four strikers, especially, especially if we can finesse playing two up front, means that if you get a game Sunday, Wednesday, and then Saturday, you know, you can have your, your two best on the weekend games in the midweek, you know, maybe not have to, to sacrifice them getting knackered. Especially big games coming up, you're going to want to be able to feel two different strikers. I know it's not traditional, struggle to think of the last team that had four regular strikers, but it might, this season it might not be a bad idea just having another one. And that, he looks, he looks, he, what he looks like is he looks like somebody knows how to find the net. He doesn't look polished, he doesn't look sensational, but he consistently puts the ball behind other teams. So, well, I'm happy to see what he can do. I kept an eye on him last year because, like, like I say, anybody that bets like first goal scorers, um, you keep an eye on the guys that are in form. But I Tony last year, um, I mean, and 39 appearances for Peterborough, regardless of what you think of the standard of the league. Um, he scored 26 goals in 39 appearances um, and some of them were off the bench so he, he obviously knows where the goal is um, he can find the tatty rag um, I think they are hoping for north of 10 million um, our first bid second bid I think is somewhere in the region of 6 if we can get them for that sort of money I mean every sign in's a bit of a risk but you can do your best to limit the risk um, and he's been fairly consistent um, I mean, that was this season. Uh, season before, he got 23 and 55. So it's still not bad at all. <laughs> no, exactly. It's a, it's a goal every goal every. So he's a he's basically a goal uh, two goals every three games this season, and then he was a goal every two games the season before. Um, it's consistency. Like like I say, regardless of what you think of the 
quality in League One. It's there's some good players came out of there. Look at J- guys like Jamie Vardy, of course. But I think if we can get him for decent money, like I would really like to see us sign him because at the end of the day, Edward's going to go eventually. <laughs> Hopefully, no this year, but eventually. That that is it though. It's, it's we all know there are time a timer on Eddie, and it's not going to hurt to already have a person here rather than find yourself in the summer where we absolutely have to get some. And it, this is our thing. Like if you have four strikers, one's injured, you've got three. That's a lot more comfortable than just having two and, and wanting to play three five two but not being able to sacrifice in tactics because you don't have the players. I, I think this season I, I'd agreed with you, Tierney. It's maybe no permanent having four, but. I just think it's it's a good thing. It's it's going to be positive, and if he can if he can bang them in at that rate up here, everyone's going to fucking love it. Like even if it's not against the big teams, that's definitely a good thing. I'm definitely not against us having four top quality strikers to to choose from. But the uh, I guess the issue maybe more is is that where we need to strengthen? Is there anywhere on the pitch we maybe need to strengthen? I would quite like to see us bring in an, a, another good centre-half. Every single fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we could be doing with one. And then there's obviously question marks as to is, is Bolly our number two left-back? Should we be punting him? And, and should there be somebody else coming in there instead to you know, to challenge Taylor for, for the left-back slot. That's that's really where I'm looking at in the, the team in terms of needing to strengthen. I don't see any weaknesses anywhere else in the team, but I don't know if you've got anything else to say on that. Is it, does anybody here think that Paul Angoli has he's had his chance to show us what he's made of? I think he'll get another chance. I think he will get another game, to be honest. It's just whether or not we could bring in... Probably someone of a bit better quality. Well, I, th- I hear we're in the um, we're in the market for a replacement. The name that's being spouted the now is uh, David Kalina, uh, the boy from Hatchka Split. He's the touted option. The new, I, th- I think it's somewhere in the region of five million. Um, I can only see us going for him if probably. You're quite young. Bolly goes. Ah, he's on the. Um, he's actually on the Golden Boy. Uh, nomination list, um, which for a for a left back is quite impressive. So, um, I mean, his CV is pretty good, but Bolly, I've tried to like Bolly Bolingoli, <laughs> and uh, I, I can't remember what game it was. It was one of the preseason friendlies. Um, I'm not sure if it was a PSG game, but he's obviously got his hair like dyed bleach white on the top or like silver. And all the way through the game, it was just so noticeable how much he gave the ball away because he stood, <laughs> it, he stood it a mile. Every time he was near the ball, it just bounced off him like a concrete block on a trampoline. And I'm just like, that's not the haircut for you, man. Like, if you're, <laughs> if you're doing stepovers and you're like Rabona crossing and that, fair enough. But no, um, every game that passes by, I become less and less convinced. What about the centre half? Do we think so? So I, I suppose we've got Ayer Julian's our first choice pairing, and then you've got Elmaid and uh, Beaton's there, and Saminovic is still there. So there is actually a bit of depth there. I just don't know if the if there's quality beyond Julian and, and Ayer in terms of having. You know, Saminovic is a ways, you know. Saminovic, yeah. Oh, I know he did. Did they take the option, or is he gone? Somebody get, 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 get Google. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get asked. You've fired up. So I, I would assume we're bringing a centre half in. You would. You forget. Really like. as well, mind as well. To see what you can do. Well, he's had a call up, a couple of calls up for Republic Ireland, um, and I think he captains the under twenty one team, and he's not had a sniff with us so far. But you remember me now because their names are quite similar. Um, anybody else buzzing about Luca Connell? The wee bit they saw as well. <laughs> Oh, aye. Uh, Luca Coro looks pretty good. I don't. Is is he more of a left winger or a central midfielder? What's I don't quite know what his position is, but he he looks like he's going to be, you know, a, a top player that could be coming through. Maybe see a bit of him this season. He's no fear to tackle for a guy that's built like a cable end of fiver. <laughs> yeah, like a stiff breeze would carry him away, and he was just like throwing his cell into tackles. So I don't you know. Can, he, he's either just. Old man metaphors this whole podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> He's definitely full of them. I'll be honest with you, privately, I'm enjoying it, but publicly, I'm going to slug you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I've got a wee book next to me. <laughs> like, you could do you know, a wee segment. <laughs> Danny's old man metaphors. Emily's in metaphors. <laughs> by the old man that lives inside Danny. That's <laughs> like, uh, this is a total tangent, but that reminds me of a podcast I was listening to as a Celtic one. It was like, the guys were older and just started talking about golf. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like trying to compare the game. Like, you know, it's like uh, playing golf. And, uh, you know, you're just no on the game that day. <laughs> what, like when you play football and you're no on the game that day. Put away by Frank this time. He's got so much determination, Frimpong. He's the one that gets on the end of it. Gone have... for a round of golf with wee Jeremy and Frimpong. <laughs> how, how good a day yeah, would that be? You would come back feeling so happy with yourself. A wee, a wee ball of happiness constantly. Probably, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say golf, I'd say uh, go-karting. That seems well up his street. <laughs> like. honest, I hate golf, but I love Jeremy Frimpong that much that he might make me like it. Jer- Jeremy Frimpong could lap you in a go-kart track if you were in a go-kart and he was running. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, easily, and at least it, twice. It just seems like Neil Lennon winds him up in the dressing room before the game and goes, right, away you go. Like, yeah, what do you think? He like winds him up like you would like a wee dog. Like, <laughs> come on, come on. Right, where do you go? Right. Go. <laughs> just cause havoc. Just ruin older so, players' knees. Wind, Sc- winding up a five-year-old. <laughs> old Scottish stalwarts. Their cartilage is being torn to bits <laughs> since yeah. we brought in Jeremy Frimpong, who's just running rings around everybody. I, honestly, like, uh, see the positions he faces. Like left-sided, left kind of side players, left midfields, left wings in Scotland. There's no they can beat. I just mm. and he's, he's uh, a, a delight. His energy, the, the effort he puts in in a game. And just how buzzing he was when he scored. I mean, I just fucking love the guy. I actually just love him. I just want to, I just want to hold him up in front of you, like, I don't know, like in some sort of like rock in Africa. And there's like music playing. Everyone's playing. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Fuckly <laughs> life, Jeremy Frimpong. See, to be honest, it was, it was good movement because uh, he starts that run well before the ball breaks to, um, is it Taylor on the left-hand side? Mm-hmm. And Taylor puts it on a plate for him, but uh, he start he starts the run well before, and he just seems like he's so enthusiastic. There was one point as well where the the ball broke back, and he was in the net. He, he'd like tried to catch a rebound, missed it. He was in the net, and then the ball broke. The keeper sort of spilled it forward, and he was still trying to get it. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I sort of, I think the chance has gone me, man. But I appreciate the enthusiasm. <laughs> um, well, just, you could see you could see the Hamilton. Couldn't he handle him at all? Even in the the first half, when uh, when he was halved, uh, he did about six somersaults across the across the ground before stopping. And I thought he was going to have popped his his knee or something like that. Did he go in the corner and kick that guy's cunt in? By the way, uh, well, I thought Scott Brown was uh, was close to it anyway. <laughs> well, that was that should have been a red, actually. Quite honestly, I. That was like the dirt. There was two really dirty tackles that I saw. I can't remember. That one on Frimpong was another one. So when he took in Christie, was it? Or was it McGregor? I can't remember. But I was like, whoa, fucking hell, guys, come on. And it was still like 2 1 at that point. I, was just I think like, that's just going to be the story of the season. But yeah, they're just going to try and cut, cut down our smaller, faster players. So it's just going to try and hit us because we've got that, that, that pace. Yeah. And the most athletic team in the league, without a doubt. Yeah. My initial fears about uh, Karamoko being constantly just crunched after the ball I've sort of faded a wee bit because um, I don't know if, he's still totally but he just seems <laughs> to be quite keen to get in about it there's no fear about him as well that's that's what's encouraging there's these guys just itching to break through and we probably have one of the most settled starting 11s or there are thereabouts in the league um, in terms of automatic names on the team sheet every week and when they guys come off, which is going to happen regularly now with five subs, just to give guys like McGregor a wee bit of a break, like you're not even remotely worried about the standard of people that are replacing them. Um, and we've just talked about buying a new centre half, a new left back, and a new striker. Um, and it's just like, yeah, feeling quietly confident. I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself, but 
I think I was saying to you, the first Celtic game back, he just, <laughs> it was just brilliant. Uh, I mean, it's, it's one of these old, uh, it's a cliche, start as you mean to go on, but that is what you want to see as a football fan. All well and good every time now and again, you know, once in a blue moon we get beat, it does give the team a bit of kick up the arse, but that's not what you want in the first game. So I, I just have nearly no complaints for that first game. I just thought, but if that's the standard for the rest of the season, I'm very, very much looking forward to it, man. Look, looking forward to it, looking forward to watching the games, but where are we going to be watching the games from? Are we going to be stuck watching it in our homes, maybe the, the pub or whatever, for the next few weeks, the next couple of months? When are we going to be able to get back into the stadium and watching these games live? I think uh, Quinn had been looking a wee bit into this. Um, what a smooth transition. I can see your eyes like working. He does his homework. I'm getting in his homework. I don't know what a teacher's bit. No, oh, look at you. What was your homework? Did you do it? Did you just copy mine? No, I'm too cool. Too cool. You're the bad boys at the back of the class. I'm at the front. I've adopted uh, the same approach as I do to all my academic life and I'm reading Mr. SF Wikipedia. So, uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, well, uh, basically it looks like mid-September, but it's looking at half capacity. That was what Celtic have said so far. So I'm not sure how that's going to work where like, you just have to have like a rotation of tickets and stuff like that. Like, your ticket allocations get rotated out. But like, I don't, I don't know, when football comes back into, like, for fans to come into stadiums, like, are folk going to pay attention? Like, one of the hardest things like to actually police is inside a, a football stadium just give a fuck start jumping about the place and stuff like it's, I don't know how that's going to be so much harder to police you like to think they might be a wee bit more sensible but once they've like been drinking all day and like they're at like a, the, the first old firm game in a pandemic they're going to go fucking mental so uh, but uh, the kind of digital solution so far is like like Celtic tried it for the wasn't the PSG game who's the other folk that we played? Leon Aye, and it was sort of like it was supposed to be only for season ticket holders only. It was that new digital online platform, and the thing just completely shat it. So they stuck up like the rest of the game on YouTube just for everyone to watch. And then I was watching it on that, and I was like, "Oh, score! I'll just watch it on this." And then it totally collapsed. And then like it started showing like the screen that you would see, like the login screen. And like, uh, oh wait, I even actually recorded some of it on my phone, and it was like, <laughs> like the audio like really just like dropped for like the first fifteen minutes. And it was like listening to like hell itself. Give me a minute. <laughs> I meant to have this like lined up because I was like, this is atrocious. Is it this one? Oh man. Are you sure you never got a video for the grudge? Is <laughs> <laughs> that like got a phone actually, call shortly afterwards? At the same time, I'd I just solved my Hellraiser puzzle box. Coming in, taking me pleasures beyond pleasures. But like, yeah, that was like what it was like. And like, it was funny because there was like fifteen thousand people watching it or something, and it was just like, is everyone having the same experience as me? So I don't have like I don't, I don't have great confidence going forward. Like they were all kind of like, oh, this is meant to be a stress test and stuff. But like, you know, it, there's, you know, there's video game websites like there's Twitch that has like hundreds of thousands of people watching something at once, and that doesn't seem to shit the beds quite so bad as when you know professional football teams try and do it themselves. So um, but I'm kind of confident in it and. I think that it depends. Like, it's hard to find information because I think that like a lot of football teams don't really know what it's going to look like because they they don't want fans turning up and then suddenly all of them have to go and quarantine themselves for fourteen days because there's been a coronavirus outbreak at like stand whatever. So it's not. It's, not, uh, it's uh, I think that they're kind of shooting in the dark. They just want bums on seats. But how do you do that safely is the main question. One of the interesting things that I really like to see was like you seen like in a baseball in America where they've got like VR people and it's like yeah, looking at like yeah. like a sea of Sims characters all kind of like <laughs> globbling about like this. <laughs> oh, like, setting themselves on fire at the like the hob. <laughs> but there's like there's some other interesting solutions. There's one I think it was Rangers actually who who put this forward. It'd be like basically you have like a soundboard on your phone, 
and it would be like so you could be watching the game on at home and you could press buttons to react like booing and stuff like that so i was just like for that'd be like the funniest thing in the world just like all these voices synced perfectly just like one really loud like <laughs> what would that look like like you know like get up yeah but like sixty thousand people pressing the get up you button like constantly it's like right now there must be one guy sitting with a soundboard in front of him like you know like playing the sounds you know just be like because like i was when i was watching them like yesterday it was just like, it's like oh oh and i was like some some guy is standing by himself with a big soundboard in front of him pressing buttons and stuff it's like you could just so much you could do with that they could they need to they need to develop that this. accurate so, so is it just a guy playing fifa like, <laughs> he's trying to sync like, it up perfectly there, there's been a couple of times where it's just been a wee bit off but you were saying with the issues with the um, the stress test, like since I've I've been watching the streams, like with the season ticket pass, I've not really had much trouble. They've been pretty good. That's pretty good then, because I was like, I don't know. I don't have faith in these things a lot because Celtic TV is always like, whenever Celtic <laughs> are playing every time, it's like, like you go to Twitter and it's like, oh, that was a, a near miss for so-and-so. And then all the comments underneath it are just like, Celtic TV's kicked me out again, get it fixed. <laughs> so, um, but I don't know if I would even like buy it. Like, I don't know. I should probably maybe buy a pass. But... Celtic TV only works for outside the country. We found out the hardware. Yeah, we found out the hardware last season. But you can't ah. use it in Scotland. You need, to use, you need to get a VPN to use it. Ah, and, right, right. Which well, makes but... it fucking pointless, honestly. I've... I think the club scored like a massive own goal when it came to this because like I've I've paid me and my dad have paid five hundred pounds to get access to this link. Um and they're talking about like pay per view games, but like they're not gonna put them out at twenty five pounds a game, which is what the season ticket holders are paid because nobody's gonna pay that. They're gonna put it out at a lower price. Um and then you've got that issue where two groups of people, um, probably your most like devoted customer base in terms of renewing season tickets they're paying more for the same service um, what they should have done and it seems so obvious but I don't know why they never done it was reduce the season tickets massively then you just pay in a block for your access to the games and then you could sell pay-per-views for as much as you wanted but I think it was all done in uh, such a hurry it was a bit of clamour um, but I, I said at the start I wanted like mega extra value for my £500 so you know that it's paid and I've got my season ticket and I know I'm going to be back in the stadium eventually if I get some sort of small token from the club as well as being able to watch the games fair enough um, like I say I, well I was hoping we've always got a busy December I says if we can get in for December when there's loads of games then I fair enough but uh, if we're looking at September did, who said September? Yeah, that was me. Aye. That's what they were saying anyway. That's what I read in fucking Daily Record or something like that. If we're looking at September, I mean, I'm I'm no too bothered. I hope to get some sort of gesture for the club for renewing, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know yeah, if no. anybody... I, I had an idea just before. I don't know what you think. Um, if uh, kind of you've got fans buying wee placards to sit in seats at stadiums. Um, there could be a potential money spinner at Ibrox where they get other fans to like buy cardboard cutouts and then come October when it's Halloween they can resell them again to folk for their garden. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long play there, Daniel. <laughs> uh, but do you know what I guess? That's a genius idea. I mean, for, for a club that need extra money, that's doubling your profit straight away. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> Thinking outside the box, my friend. The, <laughs> um, the best idea anyone ever had was the um, was it either Korea or Japan? They put a blow up sex dogs, yeah. <laughs> 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 and it was just all these fans, like all these fucking dogs, sitting their mouth for gas. They look like they're just gone. It was the most mm. <laughs> Ball gets blown straight over the bar. They're all sitting there like. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> the, the best thing I loved about that is that when when they all get taken out and they were like, "You can't do this," they're like, "Fucking why? Like, what's the big deal, man?" <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one of the South Korean teams, and I think I'm right in saying that they got like a point deduction or something like that for it. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. Mad. No, they should have got a point addition. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of the groundsman being pulled up, like, oh, 
There was a thousand of these this morning. There's only 989 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Imagine like checking the local Korean eBay. Blind guy, and he's just oblivious. He was just like, oh, I thought everyone was just back in. <laughs> I have my glasses on the day. <laughs> All jokes aside, we genuinely think September's going to happen. Nah, I don't. Nah, not I don't think, think you'll get back in until the end of the year, starting next year at the earliest, where uh, things are going. I'm thinking, like, best case scenario. Even at half capacity, man, like, you know how much a nightmare it is to get any parkied on game days? Like, you're going to have to, like, how are you going to regiment that in terms of, right, you can't have too many folk at the turnstiles, they can't be queuing, they can't be going up the stairs together, like. Yeah, Exactly. Get, like it's going to take you like an hour to get into the fucking stadium honestly even with half support in. yeah exactly stadiums are designed to push loads of people into a tiny space so so given the time that Danny usually keeps that means he'll probably make it in just when the final whistle goes <laughs> just after oh, half time to check a score and then away back to the pub <laughs> oh your dad's gonna be fucking dealing with you I tell you <laughs> before and he knows he's definitely going back. Right. You've planned this out. I know you have. I mean, most of the jokes aside, I mean, like, you've got the second wave potentially, you know, that shit. And, you know, it's like... Oh, I think the thing that goes in Scottish football, Saver, is that Scotland as a whole is handling this pretty well. Not perfect, not great, but pretty well. So I, I think we will be in stadiums before most other kind of big leagues. I, I think so anyway. Definitely Germany, definitely Spain, definitely England, probably definitely Ireland as well. See us being allowed access to stadiums, but I don't know if half capacity is a good start off. That that seems ambitious. It's, it's I mean, like offices are looking at fifteen percent, twenty five percent. Like, how's a stadium going to go from fucking zero to fifty percent in one game? Unless it's just like just home fans. Like clubs just go, we're just going to take home fans to begin with. Because then you've got that extra bit at every stadium to, to play with. Is that a disadvantage to away teams all the time then as well? Aye, but they've got five subs, so fuck them. <laughs> exactly. Convincing argument. <laughs> I like the idea of Celtic fans being back along the broom loan in Ibrox <laughs> after they've been shunted to the corner. Social distancing dictates that we need this false stand again. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing you can do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I take it up with Nicola. <laughs> well, maybe a move us on a wee bit a, on a, a, a more positive kind of note to finish on. So this is going to be, hopefully, the 10 in a row season by the end of it, or maybe even a few games before the end of it, going by uh, Celtic's records. Not that we're uh, getting ahead of ourselves. No, no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> not. <clears throat> uh, so I'll put it to Danny. Where would you put the opposition that, that Celtic are going to be facing this season uh, compared to uh, prior teams that have stopped Celtic and Rangers from reaching 10 in a row? Well, I looked a wee bit at this. Um, there was a really interesting article that compared Celtic's two nine in a rows um, versus... Walter Smith, I couldn't remember his name there. Uh, Walter Smith's nine in a row um, and compared points tallies. And it, it's difficult to get a consensus because obviously back in the day it was two points for a win. Um, but they compared European qualification and things and comfortably, comfortably say that both Celtics' nine in a row wins far like surpass um, the Rangers were in the 90s that we all sadly had to live through. Um, Noah mentioned the fact that they were buying. In an inflated market, they were basically swamping English competition. English teams were barred for Europe and they were signing up. At one point, they had starting England, centre half, and Terry Butcher, Gascoigne playing in the same team. Um, but even if you look at our nine in a row season thus far, compared to Rangers' nine in a row, in terms of points, tallies, and goals scored, I mean, even this season where we partially finished our points and goals tally, points tally for this season was better than five out of nine Rangers nine in a row seasons. Um, goals tally this season was better than six out of nine Rangers nine in a row seasons. And as they keep bleating on about, this was uh, this was called to a halt. So I think it just sort of it, it sort of rams home the fact that we were running away with it last year. If it if it kept going the way it was going, I think everybody here agrees that it was going to be 
a bigger margin of victory than it was when it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so buzzing, we're taking it into the, the next season. We don't seem to have missed a beat. Um, the new guys that we've brought in are hit the ground running. Everybody, well, almost everybody, apart from TK Boy, has sort of been pelting it in, in the close season and um, the lockdown. Um, but I comparing, um, I don't want to go into too much about comparing Celtics nine in a row because let's be honest, nobody wants to decry that team. <laughs> uh, no, of course not. You never want to just even mention them in a negative context. But um, comparing this nine in a row to Rangers nine in a row, it, it's almost incomparable. Um, aye, this this team is. We might say once in a lifetime. We've been lucky enough to watch the Seville team and God willing a, a few other special teams, but. Guys like James Forrest and Scott Brown that have been there for the full nine. Um, I mean, their contributions over the piece have been superb. Um, I don't know if anybody saw, Edward overtook uh, Sinclair as now top goal scorer in the nine uh, nine in a row era. Um, so it was Scott Sinclair up until the weekend. Edward's now contributed more goals and more assists towards nine in a row than anybody else. And it's insane considering... Doesn't it feel like he's been here for that long? No, it doesn't at all. That is mad. I, d- I did not realise that. Um, that's that's quite an impressive stat. <laughs> I, think, I think the thing that for me that, that, that separates this kind of this time uh, symptom of the modern game, especially the modern Scottish game, uh, you look at Celtic's original nine in a row. Now, obviously, there were ins and outs and. When I was younger, I used to think, like when I was away, and I used to think, oh, the Lisbon Lions were just all there for the whole thing. And obviously they weren't. Some were only there for about five years. And there was a few there for the whole nine, obviously, Billy McNeil, the whole career at Celtic. But um, the, the team, even just two years ago, is different now. So the the things that stopped tenor, or one of the major ones, obviously, would be that the team just can't motivate themselves any longer. Or they can't motivate themselves to the level to win that 10th championship. But right now, we have a whole team of people that are just hungry. Hungry as anything to prove themselves. Dying to score goals, dying to contribute them. And defenders who are just like, like I'm going to make meaty tackles. I really want to stop any team scoring into us. Because some of them are so fresh and the, the nature of modern football means they probably want to move on. Um, so they just want to win. And they love winning, and they're good at it. I feel like season upon season, like we, we saw some magnificent football. Like love them on, or, or think of that what you will. But um, think of that what you will. The, the thing is, the, the players now are just as hungry to, to in fact, even improve upon. Uh, maybe not the, the achievements; they're not looking to make an invincible treble or anything. But but just in terms of the way they're thought about, this this is the chance. Like they're probably being told, like you know. You do well this season. Nobody's going to forget it. So I mean, this is the team that's already went through an invincible treble and a treble treble. Probably could have been a quadruple treble. Well, I mean, the only other thing that's going to make them even more immortal, you know, in all of history, is going to be to do the first team to do a ten in a row in Scotland. Like, can you, like you're already basically legends. Like, you basically you're some fucking immortal at this point if you go ten in a row. So I, I think that that wee factor of having more players who are there for a little less longer is, is going to create a desire to just push and do another title there are players who have just come in who are dying to win their first one the Celtic as we um, say like as well you've got the team rather than teams who are like God we need to win another one it's been six years already there's nobody really aside from Forrest McGregor eh, Bruno and maybe if I'm forgetting anyone else B-Ton's been there a long time yeah B-Ton's been there a long time so those guys aside everyone else is. I, I know those guys are motivated they, they've, they've proved it and any questions about anyone else not being motivated enough to win number ten? I, I just think you know five one. That's a great. That's a great way to tell all the fans that you're motivated. So, <laughs> I mean, just to finish up on Celtic. I mean, as we were saying earlier on, it's like it's not just you've got a, a front front eleven that are hungry and desired. You've got these this bench that you can rotate more easily this season. You've also got these youth players fighting their way through as well. But I think you've also got people like Tom Rogic now, who's who's got a lot of stick. Some of it deserved. Who's still trying to prove himself? Who's still probably going to want to come in the park and score goals or set them up? So that these are all like these wee factors that I think maybe teams of the past might have had less of, might have contributed to them not doing a ten. I'm I'm quite confident we've got that in abundance right now. 
I mean, this is the team that tried to go for four trebles in a row. Like, you kind of look at any player on that pitch and say they're no driven. Like, mm-hmm. the teams in the mm-hmm. past did lose that drive because they were only winning, they were winning the league in maybe a cup here and there. And then when the league became a bit tiresome, they maybe for them. And you didn't have that drive where this team just seems to be driven to win anything. Like, yeah, anything right. in front of them, they just want to go for. In terms of opposition, I mean, really, you're looking. Motherwell lost tonight. Lost to, lost the night to Ross County. Right. Hibs look pretty good at the gate. Kilmar, you know, put down. Aberdeen had a good showing relatively against Rangers. Rangers themselves. I mean, there is teams out there. I mean, there's always teams like you didn't want to go away. You didn't want to go to Ross County up north. You didn't want to go to Levy the now either. Like, but I mean, in terms of really giving a challenge, I, I can't see it. Still, I, I don't see anyone. In- is is there anything to be scared of at all? In the current Rangers team, assuming that they are again going to be the closest challengers, is is there anything to be scared of? I say I actually like that Haggy. I think he's a good player. I think seen him pre-season playing in Europe, and I think there is definitely a player there, and I think that's probably the most sensible buy they've done in quite a number of years. If you spend six million on him, he's twice the player Kent is, in my view. Like he's twice the player. Haggy's a good player. I mean, at the end of the day, McGregor's still a good shot stopper when he, he needs to. Morelos doesn't seem interested at all still, so who knows what's going to happen there. So I don't think, I generally don't think he'll be there after the summer transfer window's over, and they're going to have to replace him with someone out of the bag. I think there's good players. I don't think there's still a coercive good team there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing I, I was going to say. Like, I, I think there is threats there, and we don't want to speak too early in terms of um, what Rangers are going to do. We just need to do what we are going to do in terms of Neil Lennon's and. I'm sure got the idea in everybody's head moving forward for the season. But uh, I'm not a Celtic player, and I'm going to tell you, Rangers are shite. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't need to motivate me to have a good game against Rangers. I'm not playing. Well, Anytime they keep lucky lead, I'm going to say right now, Rangers are fucking shite. They're but, sort of under. But they get Morelos might go. I mean, he's 30 goals a season for them. That's like us losing Edward right at the start of the season. What no, would that not. do? What would that do to us though? Um, yeah, he's like our talisman. I know, of course, it's not for debate, but he's their equivalent. He's their talisman. If you like, they lose him, like you say, bring somebody else in, no doubt. But is he going to give you thirty goals a season? Um, but I know I don't. At the minute, I didn't really see much in the way of uh, a huge challenge. Um, Rangers, I think, still need a good three or four first team starters to be anywhere near challenging us. And I think bench wise. They're not even close. Um, just in terms of Celtic, one last thing I wanted to ask you was, who, if you had to pick a name, whose season do you think it's going to be? Who's going to have like a standout season? Bruni, this will be his, this will be his twilight <laughs> season. Bruni, again. Bruni, again. It's a safe bet, to be honest. Uh, the like, man that was finished 10 it. years ago is going to have the season of his life. <laughs> going to score four braces, going to get the goal of the year, 40 foot absolute <laughs> wonder <laughs> and for that to happen <laughs> uh, but even Frimpong is is it going to be his cementing season or is there going to be a guy coming off the the reaches um, out of reaches to like do something um, are we all thinking it's Frimpong's year like I, I just yeah, think I, I think it'll be Frimpong this year I think yeah. it's he looks the most likely there's obviously the possibility with, with Taylor as well you know he's, he's played against Hamilton really well it is just Hamilton but you know you can only play what's in front of you and, and he had a, a brilliant game um, it, it, it might be the full backs yeah, yeah probably Frimpong they've got Taylor's got the thing to prove I think so you know, he could he could go on. If that game, he, he, it's, it's one game, but indicators for that I've taken for Greg Taylor is that he's putting some work. Um, so, fair play to him, man. Like, oh, I didn't have one complaint to make about him. And I just think this season, it's the young guys who, obviously, the hungry players. I think Mikey Johnson, like, if he can get game time, uh, he, he scored some superb goals. Well, it's really the five. Tasty it's season. The can, can he turn that consistent? Maybe it's the five subs. I mean, see with the five subs, you're spot on. Guys like Mikey Johnson, Karamoko, if they're getting 20 appearances a season, either off the bench or starting, whatever, but if they're getting 20 appearances each, and mm-hmm. this could be invaluable this season where we've got five yeah. substitutions. In terms of getting like, guys' experience and helping them to build quality, um, 
Karamoko manages to go in the park with better players as well 20 times a season and sees that the club's taking his development seriously. Who's to say we can't hold on to him? There's uh, clubs left, right and centre that are apparently willing to pay big money to get him on the books when he's ready. So what if we get him ready and he decides, do you know what? I've been here since I was 16. I've played here till I'm 23, 24. Um, this could be the time to get these guys proper game time. I mean, there's loads of guys we want to see. Henderson, you, somebody mentioned him earlier on. I think he's a brilliant player. Um, I think so Henderson's that. waiting for Enchan to go to take that spot, personally. I think you cash in an Enchan, you get seven, eight, nine, ten million maybe for Enchan. Could have got a bit more maybe a season ago, but Henderson's a ready replacement right there. That's money in the bank for someone in our position. I yeah. tend to agree with you. And, like, guys like Sorrow. Um, yeah, like I, I, I've watched Sorrow three times now and I don't think I've seen him give away the ball once. Um, he just, he might not be the most adventurous player I've ever seen, but aye, doesn't get the ball away. <laughs> look at these players like Encham and probably even like Zabiton and that. you got to think, this is probably going to be Beton's last season, really. Like, let's be honest. On the age he's getting on, well, Encham you know, kind of want to catch in. I mean, these kind of Sorrow and Henderson, I mean, that's free. That's just free replacements right there for us. That's no money, no spend. Like, well, we didn't spend on solo, but I mean, it's not like it's not like you're waiting for him to go to then spend money. Yeah, he's in the money that you've got for him to spend on our player there. Here, so. you'd be you'd be ludicrous, as Daniel said, not to rotate the team a bit more, even in early cup games and stuff like that, right. to get these players game time. Because that's all it needs is for Karamoka Dembele, right, to play the likes of the kind of bottom sides Dundee United uh, you know they might have a good season but whatever they're, they're going to be considered not up to scratch with the rest because they're coming up the likes of County the likes of Hamilton teams like that if Caramel Cadembley right, can get in a wee run against the lowest league side in the cup if he puts in anything like three goals in five games together folk are going to be like aye get him started against St Johnston get him started <laughs> against the next team and, and see what he can do but that's all it's going to take is just a wee somebody getting a chance and just taking it could you imagine this Celtic's right wing being Frimpong and Karamoko? Anybody player on the left side will just want to chip the ball out of them because they're <laughs> five foot nothing. <laughs> rapid and they both look cracking with the ball at their feet. Like The thing I was most impressed with Jeremy Frimpong against Hamilton, no need to go over it, Hamilton only considered one of the best sides in this league, but they gave a good account of themselves from part of that game. It was that Moyo, the ball went straight to the corner, Frimpong just gets around them, tries to get in a challenge, but doesn't get up, quips the ball away, does a spin, he's around him and he's away. And I was like, that's bloody brilliant, man. Like, you're still young and you're a, like, he's got about a foot and a half on you. And he just went in there and took the ball right off him. And we, we know he can go forward. If he can if he can take that defensive attitude to the players, he's not going to not going to win the ball every time. He's going to cause hassle. He's going to cause hassle against our players. And I think he's going to. Fantastic, and I hope so, he does. So, so Dan's firmly in the Frimpong camp. It's going to be I've his. Frimpong jammies, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Superman wears Jeremy Frimpong jammies. Uh, but no, if I pushed everybody else for a name, right, he's one name. Here's the breakout this season. Just to sort of... We'll, we'll, put our, we'll put our cards on the table straight from the off and we'll come back to this <laughs> in, in, in 36 games time or whatever. I'm going to second Frimpong. Yeah. Right. Two for Frimpong, what are you thinking, Quinn? I'm going to say Julian. Julian? I've got like a total thing where like, I'm always, Celtic always shit at scoring off of corners, but the way that he hit that ball, like I'm thinking that like, they're like, maybe that's the new tactics, get Julian on the end of the corners. So they might be, it might turn into this thing where it just like, he just starts knocking them in off Listen, corners. It's always a good shout to put maybe a tenor on, uh, a centre half, ten or more goals in the season. That's a, uh, that's that's the bet, man. Me and you're on that. Ten yeah. or on Julian. Yeah. <laughs> ten ten plus goals. To be fair, uh, actually, but I'm forgetting like Christie had that amazing, like a good free kick at that one point that should have went in really. So I wonder, you know, maybe Christie as well actually would be a good wee shout as well. You can only give me one. Okay, I'll give you Julian. Give the right. big handsome volley boy. Sure. <laughs> Gives your, give your premonition. In terms of breakout, I mean like establish you. You can't Edward Forrest, Christy, McGregor, Brun, like these are all guys established. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna get in for them. I mean, really, if you're not looking at Frimpong, you're a fucking idiot, let's be honest. Like yeah. you, see his, you see his fucking heat map at the weekend, man. That boy was all out of the gap. Like, <laughs> 
And all I want is for him to score more goals and look like the happiest kid on Christmas morning when he's opened up <laughs> and he's got Super Mario World and Legend of Zelda. Like, I want to have that feeling every weekend. Like, he's just like, well, you got me another happy. treble. Like, Scotland's got a depression problem, but just like, all you need to do is just plaster videos and pictures of wee Frimpong scoring a goal everywhere. And he'll that right up, I'm telling you, man. Any swedger in the world will give you a better feeling than seeing Frimpong score a goal. Right, come on then, Danny, give us yours and well, we'll, we'll wrap it up was, there. It was Kenny overshadowed at the weekend, but I, I reckon it's going to be a big season for Eli Nussi. Um I think we're looking at maybe 20 goals for him this season. Playing off Edward's shoulder. Aye, Elianus is going to be the guy this year, but I'd like to say a wee bit more to Luke O'Connell. Can I give you two names? I'm going to say Elianus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm hoist, hoisted by my own rules there, um, but I, I'll give you a big mo. Um, Brilliant. That sounds good. These, you know, all cracking players. Who knows who will have the, the standout season? Maybe, hopefully, all of them will have standout seasons. That's, well, that's what I'm hoping for, anyway. <laughs> Ten in uh, a row, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's us. We've kind of ran way over time, really. So I think this is a good good point to uh, finish, finish off. Uh, so thanks very much for listening to the Paradise podcast. I uh, hope you'll tune back in with us. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Hail, hail.